What I love about the racing industry and what I love about heading to the sales is talking to the people that love this game, that have put their heart and soul into this industry. Um, they've got the bug, they bleed racing. And one of those is Philip Campbell, who has been in this game of breeding horses and the thoroughbred industry for close to five decades. And uh, he has just sold Blue Gum Farm and they've had such a wonderful history, especially in this state of Victoria. And he joins us now to kick off Giddy Up in the Bet365 Country Racing Hour. Philip, thanks for your time this morning. How do you feel um, as you come towards the end of your time in this wonderful sport? Good morning, Gareth. Um, I feel pretty good, thank you. Um, yeah. We uh, we had uh, a really really strong day there with the farm yesterday. Uh, they had uh, great results with the with the horses that they sent up through the ring, and um, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty much it for Patty and I. And uh, it's um, it's on to uh, another chapter as as far as we're concerned. <laughs> yeah, and. Is it, is it a time when you arrive here and you can look back on what you've been through and the challenges that you face and overcome? Um, what would be when you walk away from the sales in 2023, um, what will your feeling be, you think, when you reflect? Oh, look, there's been a lot of great memories, Gareth, that's for sure. Um, the first sale at Oakland's Junction was in 1982 and, uh, and I was there and... Um, you, we actually sold the highest price filly in Australia uh, that year uh, at that sale. Um, she actually didn't race, but she made her place in history by becoming the grand dam of the great saintly. Um, and from that time onwards, we've sold many, many top-class racehorses. Uh, we've topped uh, a number of sales. We've uh, topped a, a lot of uh, grosses at the sales. And, um, you know, there's been a lot of great friends and clients that have been along for the ride and um, yeah look there's been a lot of great times that we will look back on uh, very very fondly uh, when we're reflecting for sure. Philip Jackson France here thanks for joining us on the program obviously you mentioned that it's a bit of relief now that you've managed to sold the farm and then move on but how has the emotion been over the last few days or so as you mentioned there was a great result there with the Zoo Star Jester Jingle selling for $500,000. Um, yeah, look, it, it's funny how it all came about, Jackson. I mean, uh, Patty and I would uh, still be there at the helm uh, right now if it wasn't for the fact that uh, Jason and Mel Stenning and Sean and Kathy Dingwall came knocking on our door um, not long after this time last year, really. They uh, they came along and, uh, and attended our yearling parade at, uh, at the farm in February of last year, and uh, they were very, very taken with what they saw, and how, how the team at the farm there did things and uh, obviously the results that we were attaining and um, they uh, they showed a great interest in uh, in buying the farm and the business and one thing led to another. So, um, yeah, otherwise it, it, it would have just been business as usual for us, but now it's business as usual for them. They go forward with the wonderful team of people, both with the horses and on the farm that Patty and I had been working with for a number of years and... Um, I guess nothing really changes at the farm except that uh, Patty and I are out and Sean and Kathy and Jason and Mel are in. And uh, it was really fun to be associated with the team uh, again at the, this sale and uh, to see the horses that um, pretty much the, the last bunch of horses that I had anything to do with at the farm go through the, uh, through the sale. And 
I heard you saying in the intro that it, you know it's you know getting a little bit trickier, a little bit stickier, and uh, you know that's that's obvious with the economic conditions and whatnot that we're experiencing now. But um, I think the sales held up uh, very very well, and it's been uh, terrific to see Blue Gum at the helm again. So, Philip, you, you you closed the book on the Blue Gum Farm chapter for yourself and Patty. Do you try and stay in the game or do you move away and, and start a new chapter and find new goals and um, uh, have a new direction in life? Oh, no, we'll stay involved in a very small way, Gareth. Um, we yeah. still retain ownership in uh, in five mares. Um uh, we own uh, Jester Jingle with uh, two very, very good friends and clients of ours, and she's just had a beautiful schnitzel filly, full sister to Bruckner, weaned off her, and she's back in fold of schnitzel. Um, we have another schnitzel colt there out of a beautifully bred mare uh, that we sold a nice street boss filly out of earlier this week, a mare named Beaujolais. Um, we have uh, a terrific group winning mare that Anthony Cummings used to train, Vergara. She's currently in fold as Zoostar. She's got a schnitzel colt that's going through the Easter sales. So we will continue to breed um, a few, uh, race a few, sell a few and uh, be involved in that aspect, but obviously not be involved in the day-to-day running of a uh, of a major concern, which um, Blue Gum was and obviously still is. Your family, Philip, have stood some fantastic stallions over the years, namely in Costa Delago, Rancho Ruba and Rubiton. Um, probably over the last 15 or so years, there was a little bit of drop-off with the stallions in Victoria, but now we see that it's really kicked. You've got some fantastic stallions standing at Yulong and now Rosemont as well, some significant investment. And we see Dali here in Victoria. And with the news that Flying Artie will come to uh, Blue Gom Farm under the new management, what do you make of the Victorian uh, breeding industry as a whole where it's currently positioned? Oh, look, uh, those farms that you mentioned have, um, have made a great impact as far as their stallion rosters here in Victoria are concerned. I'm sure that there are less mares needing to travel interstate uh, to visit top stallions, and it looks like that investment in stallions here in Victoria is only going to continue. Um, so, look, we were for a long time running a poor second to um, New South Wales and the Hunter Valley stallions, but thanks to... Uh, you know, the farms that you mentioned, Dali and Yulong and Rosemont and uh, Swettenham and, and these sort of uh, establishments, uh, clearly that is changing and changing for the better. And, uh, you know, I, I applaud the investment and the, uh, uh, the uh, or what am I trying to say, the just the, well, the faith in the Victorian yeah. industry that those people are showing. I mean, it's, um, it, it's a very, very expensive pastime and... Uh, you know, the, the faith that those folks are showing in the Victorian industry is immense and uh, they're, they're to be, uh, uh, they're to be um, thanked very much for sure. We're Philip Campbell here from Blue Gum Farm who ends up his time at Blue Gum Farm after more than four decades and has done a wonderful job with that farm based in Yarrow, just outside about an hour and a half out of uh, Melbourne in the northern eastern part of Victoria. Um, we are live from Oakland's Junction for the final day of the English uh, Premier Yearling Sale here um, in Melbourne. Now, Philip, who's the most respect, uh, respected breeder that you have come across in your time in the game? I've got to put you on the spot. Um, all right, then. There's been a lot of great breeders. Who's been the, the stallion that you've most admired? Oh, 
their idea? Um, oh well, I'll, I'll be very, very biased um, and uh, and say in Costa de Lago. Um, yep. He was the first horse in the Southern Hemisphere to ever cover 200 mares um, in a season. Uh, obviously, working very, very closely with him, I know that. Um, he had the most amazing uh, appetite for work. Um, you know, it, it's all well and good for these stallions to become popular and, and have large numbers of mares assembled for them, but it's not every individual that can take care of what's required to get those mares in foal. And um, in Costa was an absolute ripper. Uh, I just remember uh, breeding uh, large numbers of mares to him for days on end, and he would just front up and... Uh, and do the job and 15, 16 days later, the greater majority of those mares would be going through the crush uh, uh, showing pregnancy. So he, he was the first stallion that I worked with that um, covered anywhere near those numbers. As I say, he was the first in Australia to cover 200 mares and uh, I had the utmost respect for him, I really did. It's such a tough game to have success in. There's so many risks involved with getting mares into foal and then getting them to the point and then onto the race as well to have the success. But what has been the success? Uh, what do you believe has been the secret to your family's success over such an extended period of time? Um, working with great people, um, Jackson. Um, management uh, procedures, uh, attention to detail. Um, we've always been lucky enough to work with great people at Bluegum. Um, and we've also been exceptionally lucky to work with, um, you know, the leading equine reproductive veterinarian in the world in Angus McKinnon. Um, you know, Angus's contribution to our figures and results as far as the fertility with the stallions is concerned has been uh, amazing. Um, I, I miss working with him. He's a real character, um, but he takes every mare very, very individually and uh, that shows in the results. So there's no doubt here. Look... I can promise you it's not just a matter of giving the stallion and the mare the keys to the car and sending them to the drive-in. There's a hell of a lot that's, uh, that's involved in getting these mares in foal and then all the way through pregnancy, through foaling and then raising the foals. And uh, that doesn't come down to any one person. That comes down to a great team. And uh, I honestly believe that we've always had a great team at Bluegum. Why do you love the thoroughbred so much, Philip? Oh, I don't, I don't know, Gareth. I was very, very lucky as a young fella. Um, my mum and dad always had a little tiny farm on the outskirts of Melbourne. I mean, I laugh about it now when I think yeah. where those places were. The first one was on Anderson's Creek Road, East Doncaster. Um, and that was a magic little property. Um, I feel so lucky to have grown up where I did. And uh, there were always a few um, mares floating about the place because my dad loved it. Um, his dad loved it. So I was exposed to the animals from a um, from a very very early age, and uh, yeah, I guess um, my interest in the in the industry and uh, and what happened there continued to grow and grow. But I guess because I was exposed to it for such uh, from such an early age, uh, definitely had something uh, to do with it. Um, and from there, it just grew and grew. I mean, um, from East Doncaster, we moved out to. Uh, a little farm at Wonga Park, um, and then my folks bought uh, 140 acres up at Euroa. And as a 19-year-old, I think I moved up uh, to Euroa and um, and ran the farm from there. And it just continued to grow. We continued to collect clients, great clients, and 
Um, Patty and I bought the farm from um, my mum and dad uh, 20-odd years ago now, and uh, it grew to, I think it was between seven and 800 acres in the end, and it's a beautifully set-up farm, um, nestled there right at the foothills of the Strathbogie Ranges. Uh, the soil is wonderful. It has great carrying capacity. I've always maintained that if you look after the farm, it will look after you, and uh, we've worked very, very hard at looking after the farm, and there's no doubt it's looked after us, and it really is a terrific property. Now, the last question before we let you go, Philip. Jacko, you've just started breeding. How many horses have you bred? Uh, so I just got the one mare in foal at the moment. Unfortunately, yep. she slipped to headwater last year, but she's currently safely in foal to Blue Point yep. at the moment. So fingers and toes crossed, the Blue Point's have been selling well. That, yep. um, you know, four of a kind, the Eurozone mare can put a nice foal on the ground. So Jacko's got a great passion for the game, but he's starting to um, get into the breeding and loving this side of the game, Philip. What would your advice be to someone like a young Jackson France? He's just starting off. Um, yeah, just be careful not to let emotions um, interfere with common sense. Um, <laughs> you know, you've, you've got to make sure that um, your animal is able to look after you and you've got to look after your animal. Um, and uh, if you look after your animal and, uh, you know, if in the case of a broodmare, if she's not up to scratch, well, then, you know, you need to move her on and find another one. But I think a lot of people can get trapped um, trying to continue on with something that's not going to do the job for you, uh, and I don't—I don't mean to sound heartless or anything like that. I mean, I, I, I do love the actual animal, uh, and uh, if you're prepared to take them on, well, then you've got to look after them and give them a chance. But then, um, you know, they've also got to repay you if uh, if you do that. So that—that uh, that would probably be uh, some advice that I would pass on. Philip, you should be so proud of with Paddy. What? you've been able to achieve in the game, especially at Blue Gum Farm. And I love racing, got into racing because of a horse by the name of Saintly. He's the reason why I've got a great passion for the game. So you're the man I need to thank um, after listening to your story today. So I appreciate you, Philip. Well done and um, good luck for whatever um, um, is down the track for you. We appreciate your time here on Giddy Up. No problems at all, boys. Thank you very much.